Hello and welcome to the Tech on Podcast. I'm your host, Max Montilaro, live from Las Vegas and from Dell Tech World. And today I have the pleasure to be joined by Walter Hinton from Pavilion Data. Hello, Walt. Hello, Max. Glad to be here. Fantastic. Uh, Walt, can you introduce yourself, explain a bit what you've been doing in the industry and maybe tell us a bit more about Pavilion Data? Of course. So I'm actually kind of old. I've been a veteran of data storage for about 25 years, was early employee at McData, then storage tech, uh, did a few startups in Boulder County, and then joined Virident Systems, where we introduced some of the very first PCIe-based performance solid state storage. Virident was acquired by Western Digital, and I joined Western Digital, subsequently launched several generations of NVMe SSDs. So you could say that I've been a performance storage guy for most of my career. Pavilion Data kind of brings that to the next level. When I watched what was going on with performance storage, starting with PCIe and then NVMe first generation, sec second generation, I could see kind of the same thing that happened with storage area networks. So initially we started with hard drives inside of servers, then we added volume managers so we could gain some uh, data protection and simple data management features. But it became logical to separate the storage from the server, connect that over a network, and gain all sorts of benefits from high availability to data protection to things like snapshotting and, and improvement of backup. Pavilion is bringing that same set of capabilities that we saw by disaggregating hard drives from servers to the whole concept of NVMe, building a system for NVMe from the ground up. Okay, amazing. When did uh, Pavilion Data start it, uh, being active in the market? Pavilion was founded in 2014. We've been shipping product for about 18 months. Companies really well capitalized, tier one venture capital, and uh, we have about 13 patents to our name as well, and most of those around the whole concept of NVMe over fabrics. Amazing. So, uh, Walt, can you tell, tell us a bit more? Uh, let's, let's try to do a deep dive a bit into the architecture to see how this works, uh, what, what sets it apart perhaps from, from the competition. Sure. So think of kind of two pictures in your mind. The first one is a traditional storage array, an all-flash array. So an all-flash array has this model of a dual controller architecture most likely it's had to support SATA and SAS SSDs, so there's a lot of code associated with it. And now I can put NVMe over fabric connections on the front end of the box, and I can use NVMe drives in the back end of the box, but I still have this same sort of dual controller architecture, typically heavily laden with DRAM, and result is, yes, I can say that I have NVMe, I can connect over fabrics, but I really haven't designed for NVMe from the ground up. So that's one picture. Take the second picture, which is how NVMe is deployed at, at scale. Think hyperscale, cloud scale, and financial services, government types of accounts. I have lots of servers, and each one of those servers has an NVMe drive. And this is how you know we thought about it when we were building the first performance NVMe products, it's going to be in these new scale-out architectures. The challenge is that, of course, you've got modern databases that work on those, and you define a node size. And 
what I've been learning now is that we have to limit the amount of storage that we can put in a single node. And the reason is that when a node fails, and believe me, SSDs fail, I know I've felt the pain. Um, when an SSD fails, I have to take all the data that's sharded across all the nodes in that cluster, and I have to move it to a replacement node. And in most cases, the metric is it takes about 25 minutes to rebuild a single terabyte of data in a replacement node. So now I look at that picture and say, wow, direct attached storage or server-side SSDs, they've reached the end of the line, and all the guys that are making drives, well, the only way that, that NAND progresses forward is to make higher capacity drives. So we've seen, you know, 7.68 terabyte. I just saw an announcement from Micron today about a 15 terabyte. Toshiba's shipping a 15 terabyte. If it takes 25 minutes to rebuild one terabyte, I can't actually put those big drives in a scale-out architecture. So those are the two pictures, this you know, traditional AFA that's kind of bottlenecked around controllers and this scale-out thing which has reached the end of its limits. What Pavilion has done is we've taken a design for NVMe where think about our box sitting bottom of rack and instead of two controllers, I have up to 20. And for network connections, I have 40 at 100 gigabit, either ethernet or InfiniBand, talking NVMe over fabric. And then a switch-based uh, backplane, so dual PCIe fabrics, and then on the back end, NVMe drives from any manufacturer. We don't hold you captive to, hey, it's gotta be a drive that comes from Pavilion. You can source the drives directly from Micron, from Intel, from Samsung, Toshiba, Western Digital, your choice. So with this very scalable controller front end, choice of drives on the back end, you have the best of that whole world for uh, the picture of servers with storage on the inside, and you've got a modern architecture designed for NVMe compared to all flash arrays with dual controller, and I can give you the scale-out properties you expect in modern applications, but I can do it in a fashion that's disaggregated. So here's the example. With all these controller heads and RAID 6 in our box, I can have a drive fail, I can rebuild that drive with no network impact because all the sharded data sits behind the storage array. And with 20 controllers, I can gang controllers together and I can rebuild a drive in, think, a terabyte in five minutes with no network impact, no application performance impact. So, so that's one fundamental way of, of considering our architecture is you know, sort of in one side of your mind, picture AFAs with dual controllers. In the other, picture the scale-out model, which is where you want to go, but wow, I can't go any further, and all the drives that are coming, I can't take advantage of. So Pavilion fits in a way that lets NVMe come into the future. Well, that's really amazing, and it's a, a pretty groundbreaking architecture, if I can see that way, compared to what we're seeing usually uh, on the storage market. So you you mentioned before you were talking about modern applications. I think that, gi that gives us a pretty nice intro about talking about what use cases you're having. Uh, maybe if you can tell us about 
uh, what not just the use cases, but what kind of industry, what kind of verticals you're serving, where yes. you're seeing the most traction. Yes, and I, I want to be clear. So this this is not a multi-purpose, all flash array, targeted at Microsoft SQL Server, you know, v, VMs, uh, frankly, even Oracle database. Yes, it can bring a lot of performance to that, but that's not its perfect fit. This is a tier zero performance storage system targeted at applications that are scale out in nature. So if you're doing MongoDB or Cassandra or Maria, and those analytics-related workloads. Um, here at Dell Technologies World in lovely Las Vegas, uh, we're partnered with Pivotal. And with Pivotal, the Green Plum system is a perfect approach, a perfect architecture uh, of an application that takes advantage of our system. So all the things that I talked about before around node rebuild, but now add in some of Pavilion's features for things like snapshotting and thin provisioning. Financial services deploy a lot of Greenplum, and several of our largest customers are in that financial services world. And a great example is a, a firm that has a multi-petabyte data warehouse based on Greenplum. The problem they've run into is, yes, they can scale it out with direct attached storage. In fact, you open up Greenplum's manual and the page one says, do not implement this on a SAN. And the reason is it's a massively parallel database. But as you build a very large green plum uh, data lake, you run into issues of how do I back this up? With the scale out architecture, I'm basically running a network backup across every single node, grabbing all the data from each node, moving that across the same network or even a backend network that is uh, associated with the application and you run out of backup window time. So we've got customers who, you know, they have a 24 hour window, they've got a multi-petabyte data lake and they can't get it backed up. With Pavilion, because I've now consolidated all the storage into this system bottom of rack, I can simply do a snapshot, clone that snapshot and complete a backup directly off of that with no network impact and basically zero downtime. Well, it's just mind blowing again. So, um, wh one question about the um, re if talking about perhaps about the protocols, are is that a block-based solution? Is that file-based? Yes. So, I mean, so it's tier zero. So, I, pro I suppose that you're probably not going to be object-based. You're, you're absolutely right. You won't see you know us presenting S3. We'll connect out to an S3. This is a block-based system. Now. Back to customers and applications, uh, things like uh, GPFS, Spectrum Scale, Pixit Media, where you have a, a clustered file system, whether it's for media and entertainment, where I need all the benefits of a shared storage infrastructure, yet all the performance of something like a tier zero pavilion for 4K, 8K post-production, uh, perfect fit. And of course those, those things, IBM Spectrum Scale is a good example. Spectrum Scale just sits right on top of us. We present block volumes to it, and then it creates a shared file system that can take advantage of, of our storage. Mm -hmm. So talking about uh, Spectrum Scale, are you seeing some traction in uh, high-performance computing, for example, if you're a system? Yes, yeah, so, so in fact, I'll, I'll identify our 
particular market focuses. So I mentioned financial services, you know, great traction there. Yes, in HPC, but I would call it more uh, massively parallel compute. So it's not just confined to supercomputing, it's actually being deployed with large cloud companies, uh, automotive guys, anywhere where analytics needs performance and time to answer is important, uh, good fit there. Certainly media and entertainment. And then also what we're finding is in the government sectors where uh, it may be you know, some of the dark sites that are doing facial recognition kinds of work, it may be in you know, more complicated kinds of uh, population uh, general analytics. So you know, those places uh, are, are where we fit. And with something like IBM Spectrum Scale, there's a really good solution there for you know, giving the shared nature of, of that uh, file system sitting on top of really fast block storage, we can create solutions that previously haven't been developed. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, how uh, does your solution look physically? Hmm. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so here's, a, here's a really good mental image. Um, it's for you. Uh, when you open the hood, on the front end you see 20 what we call line cards. Each line card has two storage controllers and four 100 uh, gigabit ethernet or InfiniBand connections. In the middle, you see a pair of fabric uh, switch modules. And then on the back, you see uh, 72 two and a half inch NVMe drive slots. And you need to plug any NVMe drive into that. Now, the, the really interesting mental image is this is for you and you know, fully fault tolerant, uh, standards based. Uh, we use uh, Intel Broadwell SOCs, so there's no special ASICs or anything. This is all about really smart software. But to achieve something like 120 gigabyte per second read or 90 gigabyte per second writes, a comparative alternative is about 80U, <laughs> has about 40 terabytes of DRAM and can boast 150 gigabyte a second read performance. So there's what I mentioned before, you know, traditional storage arrays and the fact that they've got to support all this legacy stuff, they've got a lot of code. So the way they get around that and the way they achieve their performance is a lot of caching. Well, that gets really expensive and you know, 14 terabytes of DRAM, and you know, compared to us, we, we practically use no RAM whatsoever to cache things like writes. We just establish a connection from NVMe over Fabric across our backplane to the drives and get out of the way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's, uh, it, it, reminds, it reminds me the, uh, you know, the, the kind of the metaphor of the nail and the hammer, you know, that right. you, cannot, you cannot use a, a general purpose infrastructure or architecture to solve very specific problems where you need very low latency, very high throughput, and right. also very, as you said, very quick rebuild times as well. So um, one, one thing I was thinking about, I got a bit lost, but I'm returning back to my mind. Um, how do we consume your product? Who do we go to? Do you sell them directly? Do you have right. any partnerships? Yes, so uh, certainly Pavilion has 
sales teams in the verticals that I represented, so financial services, in government, in uh, massive performance computing or massive parallel computing in media and entertainment. Uh, but part of the reason we're here at Dell Technologies World is that we've signed an agreement to be a Dell Extended Technologies partner. So through your Dell and Pivotal teams, uh, you can acquire Pavilion Technology, will be skewed up in their uh, price list over the next few weeks. And, you know, again, we're not here to say, hey, you know, Extreme I.O. is not a fit or Power Max is not a fit. Those are awesome systems. I've always been, you know, a fan of what EMC does. Uh, we, we sit in a different place. We serve a different problem. Uh, we're very complementary, especially around some of the pivotal technology like Greenplum. And, you know, there are cases in particular with Dell where, you know, we see you know, I walk into some of the tier one hyperscale accounts and it's all white box. And, you know, Dell brings a lot to the table that those folks should be taking advantage of. And with a solution like Pavilion, we come in with Dell, I think there's a way to show these people, hey, let's move from two U servers to one U servers. Let's disaggregate storage and run it over fabrics. And I can bring you a solution that's, you know, from a reputable company, not, you know, the white box guys that is you know, orders of magnitude better in performance and in uh, cost of ownership and acquisition cost. Mm -hmm. So what struck me in what you were saying is that uh, you mentioned several times already in the discussion Pivotal. And the, the way, I mean, usually when we look at Pivotal, we look at you know, this uh, division of uh, the technologies which is offering kind of dedicated cloud services and so on. Mm -hmm. So it's really, it really amazes me that there's such a, such a plug between what is supposed to be a cloud company and a very specialized uh, storage company as you are. Sure. And, you know, you can't go to, let's say, AWS and say, I want a pivotal system, or I want a, a pavilion system to run Greenplum. Uh, they're going to try and push you down a path of their own technology set. So this is, think private cloud, think hybrid cloud deployments. Um, now, with what Pivotal's doing around container services, it's really intriguing and we'll be enhancing our platform to be better for containers. Think, you know, really highly dense number of containers. Uh, because we can pack 20 million IOPS into our system, I can put scale out applications and containerize those and create yet even more interesting and different architectures going forward. So that's something that, you know, you can, you can do today, in fact, in my World Chat Theater presentation yesterday, I talked about, hey, take a single pavilion box and create multiple volumes, give one to test, give one to dev, give one to ops, snapshot those, create a backup, you know, clone that and deploy it. So there's some really nice workflows we can do around containers mm -hmm. today. Uh, there's so much more to take advantage of in the future. Oh, that's really, really amazing. Um, one last question for me is around how are you in terms of, how are you placed in terms of distribution of your products, I would say worldwide? Are, are you currently uh, selling only in the US or are you targeting other regions? Yes, so we have a really strong team in EMEA. In fact, we just uh, promoted Antonius Welling and Ronnie Oman uh, to be responsible for all of EMEA. 
they're based out of the Netherlands, but uh, we have partnerships in the UK, partnerships throughout uh, primarily the the classic European entities, not so much in Northern Europe. Uh, and then all over the United States, Canada, we don't yet have a presence in Asia Pacific. So that's something we'll be working on over time. But if you're, if you're based in the US, it's easy to get to us. And of course, if you want to procure a pavilion in other parts of the world, now with our program with Dell, it's easy to Absolutely. just go talk to your Dell people. In fact, I was talking with someone uh, the other evening who's down in South America servicing a really large telco, and what we have is exactly what they need, and now there's a way for them to get it. Yeah, so the Dell partnership is uh, really some great news for Pavilion Data. It really is. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure talking to you, and I hope to get to talk to you soon again. Thank you, Max, very much. I appreciate it. www.paviliondata.com. Thank you very much. Bye.